You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. It's the best of the Cup of Joe Morning Show. I love Alina Abijamra relating buying lunch to walking with what God has for us, you know. And one thing about Lena, when her ministry uh, is that she looks at herself first. She picks on herself first. And she said, and she is an ER physician in Chicago, pediatric physician. She said, at my hospital, we have a lounge for doctors, and every day it's stocked full of sandwiches for lunch. The lounge is open to any doctor with a badge who tries to access it. And if we use the badge to get into the lounge, we are free to eat as many sandwiches as we want. What amazes me, Lena said, is how little I take advantage of the lounge. I show up to work with a lunch that I've just paid for or plans to spend a few bucks on a sandwich from a takeout place. Why would I spend money on something when it's already mine for free? Doesn't make any sense how quickly I'm willing to waste money for what's already mine for free. And then, she says, when it comes to our walk with the Lord, it's exactly the same thing. We offered loads of free benefits simply because of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It is true. It's one of the most amazing things. Lena says, but instead of enjoying the joy and peace that is ours in him, sometimes we do work harder and harder trying to create a sense of peace on our own. Think about that. You do that. Maybe maybe if you're like me, I do that, and I, and I just have to take a deep breath. I remember a lot of the songs. I really do. I take a deep breath, relax, focus on what is what I know is true, right? If we only learn to access God's throne of grace freely and boldly to get all that we need, we won't try today. Do that. Access and, and may the peace of God be over you today. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Ronald Reagan, pretty cool. You know, he was a lifeguard back in the day, way back in the day. And uh, in the summer, my wife was a lifeguard in the summer. I, she, um, I don't know if she saved anybody's life, but Ronald Reagan was credited with saving 77 lives. What, did he work at the beach? I'm not real sure about that. I know Ronald Reagan was quoted as saying, it's kind of funny, looking back on his movies, there was a movie called Code of the Secret Service. And Ronald Reagan said, that's the worst picture I ever made. Never has an egg of such dimensions been laid. I would do something like that. Commenting like, and because what happened was there was a kid, unbeknownst to anybody really, <laughs> watching that movie. And so enamored with the Secret Service that he wanted to become a member of the Secret Service and he did just that. And one day, somebody took a shot and shot then-president Ronald Reagan. And you know who jumped in and saved Ronald Reagan? The kid who became the Secret Service agent from watching his movie that he said was terrible. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> the Sound of Life. One of my favorite parts of the Old Testament is Elisha. And Elisha was being awakened one morning, and the, his servant looked out, I would imagine opening up the curtains and stuff, and looking out and seeing the Syrian army, the entire army surrounding the town. How'd you like to see that? And his heart sank, and he just knew it was over. It was all over. 
Elijah looked out the window, and he could see God's armies surrounding the Syrian armies. And he said, God will deliver us. Okay? He saw something different. He saw God at work. And I think that's the important thing, and that is my prayer for you about the fear. Right? And that's one of the reasons. And I'll be honest. I mean, that was one of the reasons uh, that the 30-day challenge is so beneficial. Because centering in on godly music and thoughts is the truth. That is what the truth is. Not to say that there's not things out there that are scary. And not to say that you won't ever deal with that. No doubt about it. I mean, I'm sure that there were people uh, that you read about in the Bible who at times, I mean, they were, wow, they had to be. They had his human nature. And Jesus experienced that when he was on the earth. He knows what you're going through. That is probably one of the biggest comforts to you. And that's why he said, give it to me. Give those troubles to me. Even if in your mind you close your eyes and you picture yourself handing a big box of all those those fears over to him. And he said, I've overcome all this. I've got a place for you that you will not believe that is so wonderful. Trust me on this. And that is the big issue, I think, right now. But it doesn't mean you won't have time to. And I feel bad for you. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. I know from talking to a farmer in Goshen, he had about 80 cows, I guess, which I thought was pretty big responsibility. One of the biggest things is not the cold weather, not the hot weather, but how fast you went from one to the other with a big animal. You can probably relate to that, okay? And contented cows, I would imagine that would be a thing. I'm thinking that's a thing. And how good the milk tastes and other things, okay? Well, now a report comes. You tell me... Whether you think this is true or not, a report comes out of Turkey, all right, that a farmer has put what the kids call the VR glasses, they know exactly what that is, virtual reality. These things are made now so that they cover your head. You don't see anything but the dimension in front of you. I've never had a pair of those on. But I can imagine what that must be like because I've seen other people that did have them on and what they acted like. But I've never seen a cow with them on. And I was kind of saying, how would a cow get on virtual reality, you know, goggles, basically? But then I found out they're made especially for a cow. I guess Russia's claiming, oh, yeah, we did that years ago. You know, we, 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 we. We worked on that, and they're virtual reality glasses that they put on the cows in the bleakness of winter. We can relate to that. And what it does is it shows them a summertime, beautiful, green meadow so that that they kind of think they're in that. I don't know. So uh, this one particular farmer found out about these headsets that are made especially for cows. Man, maybe I should be investing in that. He said they're all watching a green pasture, and it gives them an emotional boost. They are less stress. Wow. And as I said, the glasses are designed for the structural features of a cow head. Basically, they have to have like two of them sitting there for each. I I don't know how the things work. I I don't know. But any, any scene of a beautiful field 
while I'm actually slipping on the ice. But I, I don't think I am because I'm looking at the green, beautiful green field. I don't know. Uh, is, do you think it's the real? Or not? That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. This time of the year, the billboards are so enticing. You've seen them. They're out there on I-90. I used to see them all the time, you know, with palm trees and and a jet in it and sand and water and the promise that in eh, a couple hours we could have you there by this afternoon, <laughs> you know. And Adam Holtz, the one that does the plugged-in movie reviews, he saw the same thing on a billboard. This one was, it said escape, and it was shouting the benefits of having a hot tub installed. And it really got his attention because he said, my wife and I have been talking about getting a hot tub someday, you know, be like having a vacation in your backyard. And he was thinking, well, there is the cleaning and there's that electric bill and Kind of suddenly, hope for escape starts to sound like something I might need escape from, right? Well, the word entices so effectively because it promises something we want, doesn't it? Relief, comfort, security, escape. It's something our culture tempts and teases you with in many ways, right? There's nothing wrong with resting or a getaway to someplace beautiful, but there's a difference between escaping life's hardships and trusting God with them. Because Jesus told his disciples that the next chapter of their lives, it's going to test your faith. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus didn't want his disciples, that's you and me, to cave in despair. He invites you to trust him, know the rest that he provides. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And there is nothing, there's nothing on earth that even comprehends it. You can't understand it, and you you wouldn't pay anything for it. <laughs> I think you probably would agree with that. It's absolutely incredible. Father, help us to trust you so that we may find peace and rest in you. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face. And a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. If you have a cat, you know that your cat likes to sit in things. And I love watching the videos of cats mainly being scared by things. You know, they, they, they're very curious, of course. And they look at things and they touch it and stuff. And then it it doesn't even have to move. And they, for some reason, the cat just flips upside down scared. They're, it's funny. But cats sit in boxes all the time. And the cat owners... Uh, have a saying, if if it fits, it sits, right? So somebody actually had a little time on their hands, I can imagine, and decided they'd do a study. And they wanted to see if cats are just prone to sit in that shape or not. Why do cats sit in boxes? And so they created the illusion of a box. It's hard to explain because they had one that looked like you could just, we're using four round things with a right angle cut out in them. They made a so you looked at it, you could see the square shape in it. The other one was turned the opposite direction. There was no shape in it. And they wanted to see if the cat would m- navigate and gravitate over to the box, and they do. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. And I got interested in the whole thing simply because why cats love to sit in boxes, even fake ones, according to science. I don't. No, if, I mean, I guess it's science. I didn't see to be any 
big deal in this to me. They just drew a thing there and they came and sat in it. Well, it makes sense to Amen. me, right? <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Speaking of saving, it reminds me of, you know, people in New York City, right? Um, and you and you definitely got a reputation, but it's interesting. Some years ago, a study was done worldwide in big cities to see who was the friendliest, and I couldn't believe it. it turns out, New York City is very friendly if you're in trouble, because that's what they did. They did uh, surveys where people were coming out of doors of banks, and they would be dropping their uh, box of papers, would be going everywhere and stuff like that, just to see if people would react. And and many people just helped right away. And sometimes it gets really serious. A woman is crediting a stranger for saving their entire family because she helped them with their young daughter in that big fire in the Bronx a few days ago. You probably heard about that. It was horrible. But one of the survivors said this stranger, she she saw her struggling with her family. She had already come down uh, on the ninth floor. And, uh, you know, come through the smoke and everything and had her family. She said, you need help. And, and she carried her three-year-old daughter to safety, got her medical attention. And then with the help of the firefighters, the mother managed to make it out of this 19-story building with another daughter. And she said, they, you, you really, you saved my family's life. And the stranger, of course, said what we all say. I was trying to do the right thing, right? We're, we're basically people that are trying to do the right thing. Man, we we're we're like we're like uh, convoluted hills and valleys, you know. I mean, we go along, but God understands that absolutely perfectly. And thank you to that stranger in New York City. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Most of the time, it's women who make the decision for their families, right? Guys working overtime. I know one of the things I learned is, you know, if you work like three over. Three hours overtime a week, you make a tremendous amount more money. It's just one of the things. But generally, women are responsible. The mom, responsible for the children, things like that. Well, it's a great case of a man, a very prominent man. And there have been others who made a decision for his family. And maybe you know people like this. And I think it's interesting because his wife intervened in a way where she basically just asked a question. And it was recently revealed about sportscaster Dan Patrick. He's just a staple. I mean, I remember going way back when he was young, and he got to be huge on ESPN. And he's a, you know, typical big-time sportscaster guy, workaholic, okay, doing everything he can. And he was on the precipice of signing a five-year contract, a big deal with ESPN. And his wife, Susan, you know what she did? All she did was just say, uh, eh, you might want to think about that because your children are now 9 and 15. When your contract is up, they're going to be out of the house. Think about how old they will be, and you're missing that time with your kids. And you know what he told ESPN? No. <laughs> now, that's a lot easier said than done. I mean, it's just easier for me and you to sit back and go, oh, yeah, that's the right decision. You're not looking at the check he was looking at, okay? And the provisions that could have come in. He could have easily, hey, it's my responsibility to provide for my family and all this, you know. But he did. Now, I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying that it's easy. So he left ESPN and after a couple of months started broadcasting out of the attic of his house. Dan Patrick, 
Absolutely did. And he is still big. He, he did that in 2007, so it's been a while. He prioritized his family, said it was the best decision he ever made, and he thanks God that he came home. Yeah. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Well, I remember the baseball coach's name, basically because I'm looking at it, Elias Vesquez. And uh, this man had a 2 percent chance of living he had a real big deal with covid back a while ago he's a baseball coach he's not that old but he spent 29 days in a coma and man he is holding nothing back on god and prayer and one of the real touching moments came in an interview with the television station there and uh, he was asked, he said, "My, I asked my father, who was a pastor, to recite John 3.16. It was before he went into a coma because it was going to be, he couldn't talk. He had a tracheotomy. And uh, so the, his father read, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And he said, I wanted to confess this truth with my mouth that Jesus is my Savior one last time before I slipped into a coma. And he said, I'm thanking God every day for giving me a second chance and saving his life. It was nothing short of a miracle. Well, if you have a 2% chance of, I mean, that's, whew. he is also publicly thanking those who offered prayers, calling the invocations offered on his behalf incredibly powerful in helping to save his life. Elias, that's why we're here. Man, to do that. Yeah, thank you. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. I'm going to speak right to your heart right now because maybe right now, maybe you feel like quitting. Maybe you're going to go in and say, that's it, I'm done. And if you think you're all by yourself on this, you are so mistaken because even the Apostle Paul was discouraged, and he wrote a letter. Well, he wrote the letters to the churches then in Corinth, quite a city. You got to know what's going on in that city. It's amazing. But in the second letter to them in chapter four, it sounded like uh, it, uh, it is basically a love letter to you. He said, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. This ministry. And you go, Yeah, well, yeah, he had that ministry. Of course, he did. But he was doing what he did, what he was called to do, where he was planted. So here's here here's the here's the thing to you, the challenge to you, is that when you get tired of the work you're doing, you start to question your calling. Just be reminded that it's God's mercy that gave you this work that you're in right now. Yes, this right here. Even the days that you are dreaming of future work or bigger work or days that you're tempted to compare your work to others. Whoa, that is a killer. Paul's words gently drag your eyes back to your ministry, this ministry you're in right now, that God gave that to you. So whatever you're involved in today, I want to encourage you. That is the work God has mercifully given you to do. The comparison thing is, is a killer. It really is. And it's very hard. That's why you got to fix your eyes. So think of your present work as a gift of God's mercy to you. Okay? All right. The sound of life. Well, let me just preface this by saying I never thought I would be uh, talking about uh, a rat <laughs> in the favorable light. And with a name, actually. I mentioned him before when he was retired back in June, I believe, 
Magawa is his name, was his name. Famous mine clearing rat was awarded a gold medal for his heroism, and uh, he has died at the age of eight. So I, uh, he, he worked for like five years. He was getting a little bit slower. That was a long time. He cleared more landmines and other explosives in the country of Cambodia than any other rat. And these rats are specially trained by a Belgian charity. Uh, they uh, alert human handlers to the mines. They can smell the ingredients in them. And, of course, they're hidden underground and are incredibly dangerous. They are very useful because they're not heavy enough to set off the mines. So that's that's why they do that. They are uh, African giant pouch rats. <laughs> Normally, I wouldn't want anything to do with anything that had anything to do with the African giant pouch rat. Not that where it was from or anything, but just... Just the name Giant Rat, I would not want to do. But uh, he he started not eating a couple of days ago, and he was getting lethargic and stuff, and he just passed away. He was eight years old, so that's kind of the lifespan right there. But uh, not many <laughs> not many rats win medals, I can assure you that. Totally. Yeah. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. I just couldn't believe the uh, the news coming out of a place that is notorious, you know. And it is true. I mean, God has long history of working inside of prisons, you know. And I, on my mind for years and years and years and years, I always thought about, you know, we're we're not doing the whole incarceration thing right, you know. I've often wondered about that. I mean, there's just a lot of ramifications of that and stuff going on but maybe this is the answer to that is god working inside the prisons right there i mean if you look at the very first book of the bible it, it describes how god granted joseph favor with a prison warden and of course paul and silas were in prison miraculously released from jail in philippi the jailer and his whole household was converted jesus himself said that those who visit and care for prisoners are actually visiting and caring for him Pretty astounding words right there. Never thought I'd be talking about an Argentinian prison. I, I, you, I got an image in my mind, and it's probably not far from true, except now things are changing. But they're overcrowded, full of gangs, a lot of violence there, right? You know, they take over, gangs take over cell blocks with force, of course, but now Christians are taking over cell blocks. One of the country's most crime-ridden prisons they said the, the drug kingpins face new competition, believe it or not, from evangelical preachers. That's their competition. It makes sense, though, when you think about it, because you're talking about a cell block that's been converted, really. I mean, they've got like 40% of the prisoners are living in these cell blocks that are, are they're Christians. Now, they're believers. And, of course, they're a lot calmer <laughs> than they are. You know, I mean, you laugh. It's just... It, it's, it's amazing. These prison units run by the inmates. You know, not surprised that it's a safer, calmer place to be. Pretty amazing. As one pastor explained, we don't use knives but the Bible to take over a cell block. Wow. That's all, and that is just like God. I think it really is. Santa Fe uh, province in, Ar- in um, Argentina, I think is it. Uh, they live in those Christian communities behind bars that is what is happening and it's happening in this country as well too in places where like in north carolina they recently had a graduation service for inmates who had gone through theological training 
They've got a college degree, and now they're going to go out to different prisons, and they're going to be the chaplains, pastors there. So maybe that's the way God... God always has a way. He's always working in area, just about every area. There's nothing, nothing that God can't get in and and change, right? Use his love to change that. The sound of life. The comments go like this. Music is truly the highest achievement of human culture. I wholeheartedly agree. One of the greatest blessings, creative blessings God has ever given to man. Almost 200 years later, and everyone is still captivated. Well done, Herr Beethoven, or however you say it in German. I don't know why, but every time I hear this, I can't stop my tears. Isn't that something? Me watching this, it's so nice. Beautiful to live in a country where music like this is applauded and appreciated on the streets. I'm talking about Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. You uh, would recognize it probably when you hear it. But uh, to get to hear it, you have to deposit some coins into the hat. It's not a magic hat or anything, but nobody starts playing until you put coins in there. And then this little girl comes up and does it, and there's one lone player. I guess, what is that, playing a bass? He starts playing it, and he's soon accompanied by someone else who comes out of the building and starts to play as well, right? And now people are starting to take notice, and they start recognizing the music. Two people drawing a little bit of a crowd. But more and more people come out until the thing, finally there's orchestra and vocalists and everything. And that's the way they do it on the plaza in Germany right there, I'll tell you. And of course... Just like great works of God, they all start with one person, don't they? Yes. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Not to bring up a, a bad subject or not, but still in the news and stuff. Remember the uh, the terrible fire in the Bronx in the high-rise um, apartment building there. But um, again, somebody has come through and been a hero it's the Soup Kitchen Network. They dispatched a rental truck filled with pantry items for the victims that were displaced by the fire in the high-rise there in the Bronx. Uh, Masbiba? Masbiba? Wait a minute. See, I've never seen that word before. Masbia? I'm not sure. Uh, but it's Soup Kitchen Network uh, of volunteers in the Bronx, and they loaded up a truck with all these Betty Crocker pizza cookers and say, you know, this is a great thing, the way to cook meals. Uh, in their hotel room and all that kind of stuff. They send it out with love from the Jewish community. And also 120 cases of canned fish, cereal, applesauce, other foodstuffs. I imagine, you know, the the show of love like that's very practical. And if you're one of those people displaced, wondering what's going on, thankful that you're there grieving the people that you lost and stuff. It's a great way to do that. Okay. You know, practical way. That's right. Hey. Jesus fed all those people. They were sitting there hungry, right? That's the way to do it. Thank you, Lord. The Sound of Life. In an effort to keep you up to date of the latest innovations in technology, I announced the stunning, which it is, new, quote, air yacht. It is a catamaran that floats to the skies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had that idea when I was six. Uh, something like that. But actually, it may happen. 
two solar-powered blimps filled with helium instead of the traditional parallel hulls. It comes from Lazzarini Design Studios, and it's the latest effort, a floating catamaran lifted, it has to be lifted by, it would have to be helium because it ain't got no speed and wings. It's two big blimps, that's what it is. Uh, but very fashionably designed. Oh yeah, nothing, nothing old-fashioned about this. It's uh, the, the the Lazzarini designs. There are known for their extravagant. They had a Swan-inspired Avagardia hollowed-out super yacht-shaped design. Things like that. You probably, if you saw a photograph of it, you may say, "Oh, I saw that in a magazine once." Um, Two hundred and sixty-two feet long. And it has, I don't know, actually, I don't know if the thing is real or not. Or if I'm just, I think I'm just looking at an artist conception. Um, they say they can put 22 people in it. You know, some people are like, it'd be great for a cargo ship. It doesn't go real fast, you know, but it goes up in the air for a couple of days. It can. It can sail on the water. Uh, top speed is five knots, which if you see how big the thing is, Compared to a regular yacht, yacht kind of deal, it's pretty scary. <laughs> you know, to be to be able to be in control of something like this. I mean, the gigantic cruise ships now are dwarfed by this thing. It's just absolutely amazing. And personally, I think that Lazzarini, when he was a kid, he got a hold of that that play doh a little bit too much. Is what got I that right. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. Keeping you up to date, you know. Uh, you never would have thought that would have been recycling with chopsticks. But uh, companies nowadays, especially in the restaurant field, ooh, there was a list posted online on my news source. Uh, just I think just around the capital region, how many restaurants went out. But there is new growth in that as well, too. But I digress. There is a company in Calgary, and it's a company that recycles chopsticks. I'm not making this up. It's amazing. Uh, Chop Value YYC collects used chopsticks, of course, from the restaurants, and they recycle them. And what do you think they would be recycled into? How about wall decor? Cutting boards, that makes sense. Platters, yep. Cribbage boards, chess boards, and even countertops. I bet that looks pretty cool. About 85 restaurants around Calgary are turning over uh, their used chopsticks every week that would otherwise end up in the landfills. I mean, they how many do you think they get a week, right? Uh, from Calgary, pretty good-sized city right there. That's pretty cool. The people looking at innovative ways. You know, it's 100000 a week. They got to keep up with it, man. That's kind of like what God does with us, right? I was just thinking about that. See, I see that. And I think that's great. I mean, that's great news. But I'm thinking, yeah, that's what we are. We're just a bunch of old, used, greasy chopsticks that God takes. It makes a beautiful creation out of it, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. I can pretty much assure you that your kids are experts at Zooming by now because a lot of schools, I mean, you know, we're still struggling with this. Are we going back in? Are we going to be in person in schools? Are we going to be Zooming and things like that? A lot of people still are, and here we go, right? Well, kind of to break the ice, if you will, a little bit, a little levity posted by a mom. 
She said, I found my child playing with her dog instead of Zooming with her teacher. You know what she said to me? Don't worry, Mom. I took a screenshot of myself paying attention, and then I cut out the video and replaced it with the picture. I mean, she said, it's a gallery view of 20 kids, Mom. They can't tell. Mom said, my daughter's 10. Okay. You didn't see anything. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. Cue the music. That's a great old band from a great old time right here. I never heard of them before this morning. But I love the song. It's appropriate to the story. Moose. On the loose. <laughs> yeah. Seems there was a moose on the loose in Breckenridge. Yes, indeedy. And they don't like ping pong either. <laughs> no such thing as a moose in the basement. Well, this one was apparently foraging for some tasty grass near the home. Poor guy fell through a snow-covered window. Ooh. Well, and into the home's basement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the uh, parks and wildlife officers tried opening the doors and showing the moose a path to the outdoors. It just stood there next to the ping pong table, not playing because apparently real moose don't play ping pong and don't do stairs. Wow. The wildlife officers had to tranquilize the moose, cut off his antlers, carry him upstairs or relocate him to a quality, you know, moose habitat kind of deal. But that's okay. Don't worry. Moose typically lose their antlers this time of the year anyway, and he'll get some brand spanking new ones come spring. That was close. Moose in the basement. Moose on the loose. Woo! You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.